0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. The pride, passion, and pageantry of college football lives here. This is the Paul Feinbaum Show, our 3 Podcast. This
1: might be college football,
2: Halfway home on MLK Day. We'll play the famous call in the next hour. If you've never heard it, Uh, we'll play it in about an hour. Let's uh, update you on what has been going on on this Monday. The gravedigger, Isaiah Bond, out, heading to Texas to play for Steve Sarkeesian. He will not see his uh, old team next year unless it's in the SEC championship game. And not only is Jim Harbaugh done with his interview, the uh, the club tweeted out that we have completed the interview. I, I, that's unprecedented, unless they felt like it was a good interview. Uh, I'm sure it was. So expect more on Jim Harbaugh and the Chargers any day. And how about this? Ross Bjork, who, whose first SEC AD's job was at Ole Miss, he... Uh, was in charge there when Hugh Freeze was fired. He then went to Texas A&M. He gave Jimbo the extension. And then fired him. He's now heading to Ohio State, according to The Athletic, where he will have to deal with pressure building on Ryan Day. He's got experience with that. And we continue with uh, more of your phone calls. And George is up next in Georgia. Hello, George.
3: How's it going, Paul? Um, hope you're well. Thank you. Uh, I just wanted to uh, say, you know, uh, last week tried to get in multiple days. Couldn't get in. Um, you know, uh, you're darn Skippy. We were doing the moonwalk over here in Gainesville, Georgia, <laughs> when Nick said he was retiring, um, you know. Just to give you a little background on myself, uh, I was fortunate enough to go to the University of Georgia in 1985. 1996, they invited me to leave and go to college somewhere else to get my grades up, and so I quit my continuing education while I still knew everything and became a construction worker. Now, my mom is from right outside of Eufaula, Alabama, so I've got first cousins all the way from in Alabama, all the way up to the north side of Birmingham. My mom was a baby of 11 children.
4: Hmm.
3: Almost all of my first cousins are either Auburn or Alabama fans, okay? Um, so it's been a great source of pain for me personally over the years, those two football teams. Um, I did want to say I watched earlier. I had the opportunity to sit down around – Two o'clock, I returned from visiting my folks in South Georgia. Dad's in his 80s. Mom's in her late 70s. I carried my grandson. So that's his great-grandparents. We spent a couple of days down there, and, um, you know, it was just tremendous looking at him, looking at the older people, you know, through an eight-year-old's eyes. And um, I'm saying all that to say this. Um, the show that you showed at to, or that the, the SEC network was an interview with Saban and Marty and McGee. I'm assuming that was last year or so. Uh, yeah, sure. I think that was
2: a, a compilation of all the interviews uh, over the years.
3: Okay. Well, I was, you know, found a newfound respect for coach Saban. I can say, you know, he's kind of like Dale Earnhardt to me. Okay. And, um. You know, I always respected his talent. I never liked him as a driver. Okay. And, um, but in any event, you know, I got a newfound respect for Coach Saban. So this is something that I wanted to speak to from last week, if you'll allow me. Go ahead. Um, You know, a lot of people, and one thing you said earlier is no one has any scruples anymore. And, um, you know, I'm I'm in my mid-50s. You're obviously you know, 11, 12 years older than I am, we all want things to be like it was when we were teenagers. Right. Um, you know, but the college world is changing. And as you know, as being a businessman, um, you know, uh, every contract, every agreement is always up for review. And, um, you know, all of these guys, I was looking, you know, while I was waiting to get up, get through to speak. Um, I Googled what the average lifespan of a NFL player is. And, um, currently it's like 3.3 years and I played, you know, football from the time I was seven, eight years old up until I graduated high school in 1985, wasn't talented, talented enough to play at Georgia. Um, that was the days of Garrison Hurst, Bill Goldberg, all those boys. Right. In any event, all these guys, these young men, you know, they're doing everything they can to get their moment in the sun, to make their own way, to make their millions, or, you know, whatever it ends up being. I worked with a guy about 20 years ago before I got my electrical license that had actually played for the Philadelphia Eagles. He got a neck injury. So now he was working as an electrician because he was permanently damaged. And the whole point being is, you know, um, you know, some of Georgia's players left and went to Alabama, predominantly Jermaine Burton, who after they won the SEC championship this year was mouthing off at all the Georgia fans and the Georgia dome Right. Right. Well, he didn't win either. And you know, yeah, we all have bad attitudes from time to time, and we all make poor decisions in life. And, um, you know, I just, I, you know, this is all about playing the game that they love and the game that entertains us all and, you know, that you've made a very good living in. And you're very good. You're very good at what you do. You're very professional. Um, I was really moved by, you know, and I don't necessarily enjoy Larry's phone calls all the time. Um, I used to be a lush. I haven't had a drink in 20 years, and my neighbors are much happier for it. Um, but you know, he was reading the article or talking about the article that you had written when bear Bryant retired. And, um, you know, I, I remember the struggles of Alabama and, um, you know, but in any event, um, I just wanted to say, you know, as far as all these young guys that, you know, uh, that opt out and go to other schools because things ain't going their way or they don't think they're, they're going to get any play in time. Like who was the young man that went to Nebraska that was supposed to be coming to Georgia. All right, right. Right. And, I mean, he was the number one quarterback in the nation, prospect. And, um, you know, but they're all trying to, you know, make their own way. And um, in any event, thank you very much for all you do for college football. And even with all this, you know, to all the Alabama fans that, oh, it's gloom and doom, Nick's retiring, what are we going to do? Even your show, Paul, is much better. We got people calling from California. You got people from the Rockies. You got people calling from Washington. God forbid all the Michigan fans calling.
2: But anyway,
3: um, college football will survive. Thanks, Paul.
2: Thank you very much for your call, and uh, excellent. Let's uh, continue and uh, check in with William in Texas. Uh, hello, William.
4: Good afternoon, Mr. Feinbaum. How are you?
2: We're doing well. Thank you.
4: Just wanted to call in and get your thoughts on uh, the moves that A&M are making in the portal. sure seems like they're picking up some really high-quality players under the radar.
2: Yeah, I'm uh, I'm a big fan of Elko, and I think uh, he had a lot to overcome, but I think he's doing it very quickly, and I like his staff. Uh, it's just a matter of, of sorting out the, the damage left behind by his predecessor.
4: It sure seems that Coach Elko is mending a lot of fences with the Texas High School Coaches Association. I think that's a big first step. Yeah,
5: but, And and for
2: all that, uh, for all the hullabaloo over Jimbo Fisher, uh, I mean, he just treated people poorly. Uh, he, he was not adaptable uh, to things that are critical. He thought because he won a national championship and was making $12 million a year that he could run over everybody. And you can if you win every year and, and get away with it, but he couldn't. And it ultimately got him. And, uh, you know, whether he coaches again or not, I'm not overly concerned. Thank you very much, William. Appreciate it. Thomas is up next. Uh, Hello, Thomas.
5: Hey, Paul. How's it going?
2: We're doing great. Thank you.
5: Hey, I was just wanting to call and say, you know, I'd like to thank Nick Saban for the 17 years that he's dedicated to the great state of Alabama, him and Miss Terry.
1: Uh,
5: You know, we as Alabama fans seem to want to, be on the high and think we need to stay at the high all the time. But, you know, we go through valleys. I mean, we went through it when the bear was gone, you know, after the bear left. We had the rough times. But look, God made us a man come to help our team, and that was Nick Saban. And I feel like, once again, that, you know, Nick Saban ain't going to do nothing that's going to hurt the program of Alabama. And uh, I believe our new coach that we've hired, Paul, is going to be excellent. I think he's got the same standards as Nick Saban does. And I'm just looking forward to a great season.
6: And well, I think, we I think he uh,
2: – I, I mean, there have been a lot of coaches that have come in with no pedigree. Uh, he has uh, probably the best pedigree uh, other than Saban I've ever seen. In fact, his record is uh, far better than Saban's. Hey, thank you very, very much. We're headed to the break. More to come. We'll talk uh, to Alex Scarborough. He's done a pretty deep dive into uh, Coach DeBoer. And we are back after this.
0: Is your schedule too packed to see a doctor about your erectile dysfunction? Well, with HIMS, now you can get treated for ED without stepping foot outside your door. They're changing men's health care by providing access to affordable sexual health treatments from the comfort of your couch. HIMS provides access to doctor-trusted ED treatment options such as chewable hard mints, brand name treatments like Viagra, or generic alternatives for up to ninety-five percent cheaper. The process is simple and entirely online. Just answer a series of questions and a medical provider will determine the right treatment option. If prescribed, your medication ships to you free. No insurance needed. So what are you waiting for? Join the hundreds of thousands of trusted HIMS subscribers and get treated. Start your free online visit today at HIMS.com Paul. That's HIMS.com slash Paul for your personalized ED treatment options. HIMS.com Paul. Hard are chewable compounded products which are not approved by or verified for safety or effectiveness by the FDA. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a health provider who will determine if appropriate. Restrictions apply. See website for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies on product and subscription plan. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast.
2: Wayne is up next on this MLK day. What do you say, Dwayne?
0: Going on,
1: Mr. Paul. How you doing today?
2: We're doing great. Thank you.
1: I just got I just, been cooking some, uh, some, uh, some, chili, some chili. Some chili with deer meat and chili. Oh, you
6: like, beef, I, you like Angus, deer chili?
1: Yeah, 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 I like deer chili. Okay. I'll put everything in it. I'll put deer meat in it. i put put. Um, and, uh, ground meat, the Angus ground meat.
2: Okay.
1: And um, I did. I season it up real good with bell pepper, green onions, I did all that. Man, I gotta, but, I gotta um,
2: try some of your chili sometime. I like chili.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, I make some good chili. I make some. I make that. I make about, that chili you make that good chili gumbo? is outstanding.
2: What about gumbo? I
1: make good gumbo too.
2: Okay.
1: I make that chicken shrimp sausage. I put chicken shrimp sausage, Um gizzard i put it in my yeah, no, okay. you
2: You just lost me at
1: gizzards. That crab. Yeah, you need to try that. You need to try that. That gizzard ain't going to hurt you.
2: Okay. That well. crab. I
1: put that crab too in there. Yeah, what, about,
2: huh? what about crawfish yet to fact?
1: Hell yeah. I, I, I did something the other day. Well, okay, well, why don't some, you invite um, me down crawfish. for dinner one night? Uh, yeah, right. We ain't never gonna make it down in Louisiana Bayou Country. I'm about down here in the Bayou Country. Well, hey, I, was, no uh, I was at a
2: restaurant uh, last year, Emeril's, uh, down in uh, Destin, and he's one of the most—he's most famous chef in the country. You want me to see if uh, Emerald Legasse would uh, offer you a,
1: a gig? Offer me a gig? How much you paying? <laughs> uh, I mean, we're talking—we're talking about the most famous chef in the country right now. I, he, I'm a, hey,
2: he could pay you. He might be able to top the the long money from the I, shore.
1: Yeah, I got that. Hey, I, 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 I could like the Cajun cooking. I'm a Cajun man. All right, what are you, what do are doing put, down there? I put yeah. hot spice. I'll yeah, cook spice. What, I put spice. Can you handle that spice? The world
2: knows how to do that.
1: You can handle that spice ball. I can no, handle I can't, I would, can, but
2: spice. I, I can. I got some friends who can. I have your booty hole by yeah, my, you. My, my, wife thinks uh, <laughs> you got to put a uh, uh, half a, you got to put a half a pound of pepper in everything. <laughs>
1: Oh hey Paul, I'm watching my garbage Pittsburgh man. What do you expect? Man, Pittsburgh boy, is, uh, it's you, do you expect
2: Mason Rudolph to uh, win a uh, win a game? Are you serious?
1: <laughs> I thought I thought he got kicked out the league. <laughs> yeah.
2: They must have gotten him on waivers from the USFL.
1: Yeah, yeah no, they, they, hey, no, they, they depend hey, uh, uh, hey, I
2: got a feeling Dak might be available if you want to sign him.
1: Oh yeah, you know that, huh? they the whole team, huh? Yeah, you, hey,
2: you the can whole get damn you, uh, <laughs> you can get Mike McCarthy? You can get the whole team for a hundred
4: bucks. To...
6: <laughs>
1: hey! Hey, hey, bro, I wanna tell you something. Tell them why that, that boy leaving Alabama, that cornerback, Rick, and bought the sign with LSU. Huh?
2: Hey, hey, there may be a better one than him available tomorrow. Oh, you're talking about that boy from Washington? No, there's a just keep your eye on Alabama's secondary. Yeah, but that the Rick? Oh yeah, so talking sure. about?
1: Uh, oh, he's going to LSU. I didn't know that. Yeah, 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 yeah. You about to sign with LSU? Because you know it was between LSU and Alabama when he came out.
2: Oh yeah, your
1: boy uh, BK Alabama. is having
2: a pretty good off season. I know you don't like him, but uh, he's doing
1: pretty well. Who?
2: Brian Kelly.
1: Brian, Kelly. we hey, doing? Hey, no, I ain't I ain't like BK. I ain't like the defensive coordinator. Okay, I'll tell you that. Got rid of Madhouse. Yeah, we had an uprising, down here. Yeah, if well, it's it, over if now. it ain't Matt it's House, it's gonna be his butt. What?
2: Uh, calm down, be, uh, Kelly's gonna get you a, uh, get you a natty.
1: It will get a couple we He's about to take over Nick Saban. His, his, hey, his we're job about to take just take over, over that From Nick Saban had to Alabama, yeah. LSU, y'all. Hey, all y'all people out there, LSU about to be the next 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 championship team for the next six seven years straight, straight.
2: Well, I don't know about straight. I mean, you got you got you got somebody yeah, over in, uh, you got somebody over in Georgia. We gonna get by at least good. by
1: five. We gonna get by five before Brian Kelly in, in the ten-year contract. Hey, by the way, Dwayne, uh, if you wanna win, if you wanna if you
2: wanna win a net, try beating Lane Kiffin, okay?
1: We gonna beat Lane Kiffin. We ain't we ain't worried about him. We got something for him. That hey hey, we got something for him. Yeah, he's trying to he trying to do he trying to get everybody. And you see what he's trying to do over there, huh? He's trying to snatch everybody up out the portal. Huh?
2: You better worry about him.
1: Yeah, he got to snatch everybody out the pool. Hey, you but might want to become a
2: Rebel fan. They're the hot team next year. Who? You might want to become an Ole Miss fan.
1: Fan Ole Miss. going to burn them up. I'm set it on fire over there. We brought a bomb on. Hey, they come to us this year. Oh, are they? Okay. Hey, they come to us. Alabama come to us. And Ole Miss come to us. What would we do them down there in that bayou? We'll set Mike the Tiger out. Mike tell you about tiger. that already, Paul. we get that Tiger Nobody's out. we to put that, that tiger. tiger out there on that field. Yeah, peace. Hey, Bye, Paul. Uh, it, good, the, good, the good
2: news next year, you know what it is? You're not going to lose to FSU.
1: What? <laughs> we don't play them. Bro. Yeah, that's, that's the best news <laughs> hey. for LSU. Hey, we in Vegas. First game, Vegas, man. We USC.
2: Yeah, we got a, USC that, that would be
1: like a pickup game. And we got USC and UCLA on yeah, the those, schedule.
2: That's, uh, those are two wins. Uh, yeah, the, hey, by the, way, the two of us could beat Lincoln Riley right now.
1: Yeah, right. you no Lincoln Riley. But games
2: hey, don't don't sleep on South Alabama.
1: Yo, man, come on now, South Paul. Alabama. Who'd they beat this year? They beat uh, Oklahoma hey. State in in uh, Stillwater. Hey. The,
4: they beat they Texas be last they year. They'll beat
1: Alabama. Hey, tell Legend that. You tell Legend and, and Jim.
2: And one, don't more sleep thing on on hey, one more thing,
1: you got to go
4: play yeah, Billy Napier yeah,
2: yeah. at his place this year.
1: Yeah. Hey. <laughs> hey, you tell Legend and Jim from Tuscaloosa on Sleep On um, on, Al- on South Alabama. Hey, yeah. good, we'll and,
2: talk to you soon. Thanks. Bobby is up next. Hey, Bobby.
6: Hello, Paul. Thank you for having me on. Thank you. Great show today. Um, I've been following your career for a long time, and I've, I've called a few times, but I've got a couple of questions, if I may ask you. Okay. Uh, one, I know you've been following Alabama since what, in the late 60s? Uh,
2: I moved to Alabama right around 1980. Okay.
6: But didn't you write for the Birmingham Post-Herald? Yeah,
2: yeah.
6: Uh, um, I covered. Uh, mm, I got there that, uh,
2: for Coach Bryant's last three years.
6: Yeah. Well, I was going to ask you, your most uh, exciting, proud moments for the University of Alabama football, and also your most touching, reverent moment that you had, uh, I know while covering them, all over what now, how many years? 40 years?
2: Yeah. uh, I mean, I I think probably the most uh, exciting moment uh, was covering uh, Coach Bryant's 315th win when he broke the all-time record. Uh, Oh, yeah. Again, I I mean, I I would say next to that would have been uh, Nick Saban's first national championship uh, in the Rose Bowl. Um, Probably the most difficult thing uh, I've ever covered in my life was Coach Bryant's death uh, because... It, it, even yeah, though you knew, kinda... I mean, he was 69 years old, but it, it was a shattering moment that the entire state just simply uh, came undone, as you probably remember.
6: Mm-hmm. Oh, I remember. And where, did you get to see the uh, people on the interstate and the bridges? Yeah, uh, in fact, uh, Bobby, I was,
2: uh, I, was in the, I was at the very end of the procession, so I saw it all.
6: All right. Well, I just wondered about that. I know. You've covered them for so long and done a great job, and um, I appreciate your show. I appreciate you. I know you don't hear that a whole lot. but.
2: Um, well, Bobby, I appreciate you are out that here. Great we deal. love it, man. And, uh, thank you very much. I've been much. loving
6: Alabama football. Let me say this. I was born the day the university hired Bear Bryant. Oh, my goodness. And, uh, yeah, I was like, when I found that out, I was yeah. about 12 years old, so I was hooked forever, you know. Well,
2: that was, uh, thank you. I mean, the t- two biggest moments in Alabama history will be that day in, in January 3rd, 2007, when Alabama hired Nick Saban. Thank you very much. We'll talk more about uh, the transition to Kalen DeBoer with Alex Scarborough. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any.
7: Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com.
1: You're listening to the Paul
2: Feinbaum Show podcast. And we are back, and let's... uh... Scoot along to our next guest, Alex Scarborough, as uh, we try to sort out uh, this amazing transition in Tuscaloosa. Tide introduces DeBoer, who can't wait for the journey ahead. So, Alex, two weeks ago today, uh, on the field in Pasadena, and Alex, my, have things changed since uh, we last talked? Good afternoon.
4: Good afternoon. Yeah, they've changed quite a bit. And I can tell you, from even from being in the locker room after that game and all that went in there, I mean, I remember this, the NFL draft-eligible guys going to meet with Saban and me thinking, huh, this is a pretty good sign that Saban's going to stick around if he's still meeting with guys immediately after the game. Boy, was I wrong. Well, uh, come
2: on. Uh, as you well know, it's been documented, and I had a t- assistant coach on the staff confirm it for me, uh, that he was interviewing DC candidates last Wednesday morning. So uh, it wasn't that easy to pick up on.
4: No. And I talked to uh, somebody on an assistant on staff when it all went down. I said, Did you see this coming? He said, No, no way did I see this coming. So if he didn't, I think the rest of us should feel pretty good about the fact that we weren't omniscient calling his retirement shot.
2: So let's talk about this transition. Uh, usually it's awkward. Uh, I mean, we you know, often. We think of presidents welcoming the new president. We didn't see that the last time, Uh, but most of the time uh, the coach who was in charge is not there. I, I, I was there for Ray Perkins first press conference. Bear Bryant wasn't there. He he wanted nothing to do with his successor. But we saw Coach Saban and his wife in attendance on Saturday and it seemed natural. How did you view it all?
4: Yeah, it was natural. I didn't. When I went in, I was very surprised to see the placards for Nick and Terry Sabin right there in the front row. I, I thought he'd keep his distance at first, but he apparently has chosen to stay involved and try to to keep this program operating at a high level. Um, there were some moments where, if you look at it like big picture. Um, it might seem a little weird when everybody's going to congratulate Nick Saban <laughs> on his retirement when the new coach is walking in the door. That's a little odd, but you know it's the the timing of it was odd. I mean, the ni the transfer portal and everything sped up the process so much that I don't think they could have a full Nick Saban retirement press conference. So really, you got a two for one, and that did lead to some some weird moments. But I do think all parties handled it well. I think Kalen DeBoer did his as good as he could do. And um, the fact that Nick Saban did not get up and speak, I think probably says something about the fact that he wanted it to be Kalen's day as much as possible. But again, when the greatest coach of all time is stepping down uh, and that's the first time you're seeing him in a public setting, he is going to be the focus of attention.
2: Alex, maybe because we're so used to it, but maybe also with Nick Saban, uh, the media and, and him are, have often been an interesting an awkward dance but uh, he chose to give an interview or two with friends of his who he will ultimately be working for here and working with in a couple of months but he didn't do the normal dog and pony press conference Uh, I'm, i'm curious as somebody who's been in the media and has watched nick saban every day since he arrived uh what did you make out of that
4: Not necessarily surprised. Uh, There was part of me that did wonder if after DeBoer there would be some sort of informal, like, hey, let me shake everybody's hand. At the very least, like, you know, good working with you. Nick will throw those things in at the end, and you can question how much he means it, but, you know, saying how much he appreciates the role of the media and everything we do for the sport – You know, he says it enough time that maybe he believes it 1% of the time. But (laughs) I I did think that maybe there might be something like that. But, again, this all happens so quickly. Like, that's the thing I come back to. You know, Nick Saban not really deciding 100% that he was going to retire until five minutes before he officially made the decision and notified the administration and then notified the players. And then you have Greg Byrne hopping on a plane that very afternoon to start the search. And then, what is it, 49 hours later, you know, you got the smoke coming from Archibalds and we know who the head coach is going to be. There wasn't a whole lot of time for the the machinations that we sort of associate with these things. And you would have hoped that maybe there was a little bit more, again, for a guy of Nick's stature, for everything he's done, not just for the sport, but for the University of Alabama. Um, I think those situations are going to come. It's just a matter of figuring out what they all are. And, again, because of the way... The timing worked out. I think it's just kind of going to have to happen some point down the road.
2: Yeah, I think it's a it's a it's a certainty that there will be a long farewell tour for Coach Sabin, whether he wants it or not, because there are so many people that are going to throw him that party uh, on big big stages. But that's not really the the question, or really the important issue any longer in Tuscaloosa. It's what about DeBoer and and, and how he handled. Session one and and, and how much he can retain. So what is your assessment of Saturday and everything moving forward?
4: I don't walk away from it saying he won the press conference, but I don't think that's worth anything either. (laughs) We've seen guys win the press conference who have then gone on to fail the job. He didn't lose the press conference. He just said all of the things you would expect him to say. You uh, You do walk away. I walked away thinking, okay, he gets it in terms of understanding where potentially his blind spots might be by saying there's going to be, I think he said, a sprinkle of Washington in the staff, but also understanding there's going to have to be some guys with ties to the SEC who know this part of the country. And I think more than anything, guys with ties to the current roster, and you've already seen that with guys like Freddie Roach who are going to stick around, but the, the number one goal, and I think he, he realized that right away, talking very bluntly about you know the transfer portal and getting in guys' ears and trying to get them in, it is roster retention, roster retention, roster retention. That is the number one priority right now to keep guys like Caleb Downs out of the portal because they're in, again, I go back to timing, this is January, it's not late December. The, the players who are going to go in the portal from teams... I've already, for the most part, already gone, unless a coach has moved on late, which is Alabama and Washington. So there's not the opportunity to backfill right now that you'd like. So I think him understanding the importance of, hey, I need to get this, the right staff together, but get in in a hurry and keep these guys on the roster that I need to compete at a high level year one. He's saying the right things about that. He's got to get that to pay off because you lose a guy in Caleb who, like Caleb, who might be one of the 10 best players in the country next year if he plays up to his potential, that could be really difficult for them. they got to figure out a way to get those things done.
2: And Alex, uh, it didn't take long for Kirby Smart to come in and get various Robinson. Uh, and then there was that moment last night when some people were reporting that he was going to be retained, which would have seemed like a big win to retain the guy who was uh, in some ways, uh, one of your uh, de facto defensive coordinators. But but that, that ship has now passed. And uh, what, what impact do you think Robinson going to Georgia is going to have on a Caleb Downs and maybe more players?
4: Yeah, I don't know how it doesn't have an impact on somebody like Caleb Downs because he coached Caleb and was vital in his development. Um, I'm not saying it's signed, sealed, and delivered because Tavares is gone because Georgia was in Caleb's recruitment coming out of high school, that it's done. He's gone. He's, he's leaving Alabama, but it does point in that direction, right? It does. It does throw a little bit of of cold water on retaining a player like that. Um, So it does hurt. You got to get somebody who's got some familiarity with these kids to keep them in the building. And it's not just Caleb, It's Deontay Lawson. It's Jihad Campbell. It's Jihad, he posts he's going to return, but you got to keep these guys together and they need somebody I think who, who kind of knows them because you're starting from scratch on the offensive side. And I understand that he's he runs a system and he wants his guys in there. But uh, I think they need to go out and get somebody who, who is maybe not been at Alabama necessarily, but somebody who knows the sec and can hold those players together. That just the hard part, again, and keep going back to it, time. <laughs> These guys are anxious, and even, give, give the credit, he, he underlined that multiple times on Saturday, saying these guys have had a really difficult situation, and, and they're antsy, and they're looking to make a move. So uh, how quickly they can kind of calm the waters, that remains to be seen.
2: So finally, and I think you've answered part of it through the roster uh, retention, but is that... Or, or what exactly is the head coach doing right now is that uh is, is he meeting with players uh what, what give us your best guess i realize nobody's allowed in though in those in those doors but i know you know people who, He's, who are
4: yeah he, he has absolutely been meeting with players that has been priority number one between that and trying to build out a roster and he can have guys help him with that but he needs to get face-to-face time with these guys right now i i, I think it was Devontae Smith, who who tweeted earlier today that he had a conversation with him and came away impressed, he's having to get in front of those guys and and get in front of them one-on-one. So I don't know if it's like a turnstile in that office right now. I don't know if he's still got the button that closes the door behind him like Nick. I don't know where those meetings are being held, but that is definitely happening right now and trying to keep those guys together. Um, Whether they walk down the hall immediately after that and talk to the folks with the NIL money, uh, I'm imagining that's part of the scenario as well. And the good news is my understanding is since, you know, going through this whole coaching search, there's been a surge in donations. Um, and I think a lot of that is just understanding that hey, we need to, to get our act together a little bit and get some get get these get these waters calmed by maybe throwing a little bit of money at it. So between DeBoer and the NIL I'm sure they're working overtime right now.
2: Well done, Alex, always great to have you on. It was good to see you uh, in Pasadena. Alex Scarborough joining us. And, and these things are measured in incremental moments, but he, he pointed toward what many people in Alabama are saying will be the first critical test, and that's Caleb Downs. Uh, you heard Kevin Steele say a few weeks ago that when he saw him before he ever played a down, that he was going to be the best player on the team. Uh, He is essential, uh, and there are a million rumors out there about where he could end up, and that's a story that everyone will be following over the next few hours. We'll be right back with much more.
0: Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast.
2: And we are back. Swamp Dog is up next.
5: Hello, Paul. How you doing? Hey, Swamp. Uh, Happy Martin Luther King Day to you.
2: Thank you very much.
5: The day got me thinking about something I'd like to share with your audience and you. Uh, you know, you hear so many rough stories about that time period and the influence that Mr. King had on everybody. I well, had a positive influence on me. I'm 63 years old. And when they integrated the schools here in Waycross, Georgia, I was in the fourth grade. And I went to a, I had to go from an all-white elementary school to an all-black elementary school. And I was the only white boy in the room, and there was one white girl, and uh, there was like 35 students in there. So, you know, kind of a culture shock. But I got to know all these people, and, you know, the teachers were good. They were black teachers, too, but they treated us fine. You know, we had our little tense moments once in a while, but uh, we got along good, and uh, I got to know them. I became good friends with them, you know, and... um, By the time we got to uh, Center Junior High School, which is uh, the elementary, the the center, you know, junior high school, and uh, I got to see all my old friends from, my white friends I'd gone to school with earlier, and they said, boy, there seems like a lot of black people here. I said, I don't know, it looks like a lot of white people here to me, (laughs) you know? (laughs) And, but the point is, I grew up knowing all these guys, and I had as many black friends as I had white friends and you know, it didn't turn out bad for me. And to this day, I, I still know some of these people and you know, we get along fine. And I don't know if it would have happened if I hadn't gotten sent to that school, it was kind of strange at the time, but it turned out good in the long run. And I don't think it hurt anything. You know, Martin Luther King had a lot to do with making that happen. I think,
6: well,
2: a lot of people did. He he was the the most important leader and symbol. Uh, and you're right. I mean, I, I I can relate to that period of time and uh, similar yeah. similar experiences. And uh, you you just you really didn't exactly know what was next, but you knew something important was coming. Thank you very much for the call. Fantastic uh, conversation. Augie is up next.
6: Paul, I guess you're not watching the Buffalo Pittsburgh
3: game. It's, uh, it's we we do have it on here, play. yes.
2: So we have a couple of teams. Did you just
3: see that blocked field goal?
6: I mean <laughs> this
3: is uh, this
2: Can't is, tell you I was paying I much attention to it, Augie.
6: But Paul, it's gonna be a cold one in the in the Crescent City tonight,
3: talking about the low teams. I don't know how we're gonna survive, you know. Anything below uh forty degrees is a cold wave for us. You get below thirty, uh we're in trouble. But um Paul, will you in in as history progresses twenty years from now, as fans look back, who is going to be the coach at Alabama that's revered? Is it gonna be the bear or is it gonna be Sabin? And I'm talking revered, almost to the point where you know Robert E. Lee was revered in the South forever. I have the feeling it's well, so well to Augie, uh
2: I don't know about that, but uh, I do know um, that the legacy of Bryant is impenetrable. Except a lot of young people don't know anything about him other than what they probably hear on this show, uh, where Nick Saban is omnipresent. Uh, everybody has seen him for the last 25 years at LSU and at Alabama, and he's been the most important figure in the game. So he he certainly will take over uh, that. And, and by the way, from a from a, mythologi- a mythological standpoint, when when you retire uh, and your final game is December twenty ninth, and then you die on January twenty sixth, it it adds to your stature because nobody's nobody ever saw you again other than on the sideline. Well, that's true. I mean, I mean, Saban is going to... to be sitting there with uh, Pat McAfee here in a couple of months, and I don't know what that <laughs> will do for his reputation. <laughs>
3: And hopefully he won't turn into the Lou Holt of television, of Lee Corso. But, Paul, do you, have you ever contemplated trying to get Jimbo Fisher on the phone for an interview on the show?
2: I've given some mild thought to it. Uh, And, and Augie, I can't tell you my level of interest is extremely high to sit, sit down and talk to him.
4: All right, they would be interesting, no Paul. Well, yeah,
2: I, I mean, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say no, but uh, it, I mean, there, there are a lot of interviews I would rather have, and a lot of people I would rather spend time with than Jimbo Fisher. We'll take a short break.
0: You're listening to the
2: Paul
6: Feinbaum Show podcast.